Hello, and welcome to All Things Marketing and Education. My name is Ilana Leone, and I've devoted my career to helping education brands build their brand awareness and engagement. Each week, I sit down with educators, edtech entrepreneurs, and experts in educational marketing and community building. All of them will share their successes and failures using social media, inbound marketing or content marketing, and community building. I'm excited to guide you on your journey to transform your marketing efforts into something that provides consistent value and ultimately improves the lives of your audience. Welcome everyone to a really special episode of All Things Marketing and Education. I'm Ilana Leone and I'm here with my beautiful team or almost all of the team, but but key members of the team. And I'm so excited to have this party and reflection of five years of Leone Consulting Group. I mean, such an amazing journey. We're here to talk about what we've learned together, share our passions, share our insights with you all and just have fun and celebrate this momentous occasion. So what I wanna do is just quickly go around and introduce or have them introduce themselves that are here. And maybe we'll, we'll start with Porter in, in the top and then we can go around in a circle. All right, sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Porter Palmer, Director of Joy at Leone Consulting Group. I joined the team in 2018, and I help um, build communities primarily, work on engagement strategies and tactics for our social media clients, and also help do some account management. I'm Anna Fields, <laughs> and um, I'm a production manager at Leone Consulting Group. Um, I started about three years ago, and um, I don't know. I'm not good at this. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. It's funny, the people behind the scenes, we throw them in a podcast, and we say, go. <laughs> you keep things moving. Anna keeps things moving. <laughs> Yes. And keeps us organized. And she thinks in spreadsheets, which is beautiful. <laughs> All right, let's move it over to Ariella. Okay, hi, I'm Ariella. Um, I'm LCG's so social media associate, and I joined in April of 2021. And I work in the social media world of LCG and clients. And hi, I'm Jordan. Uh, I joined in June 2020. Uh, and I'm a content marketing associate. I do the production of all of our content and work with a few of our clients on content. Yeah, so it looks like we have about four members for the team here, but LCG is a virtual team, and this is just a representation of all the smart people we get to work with. We have people in evaluation that we work with. We have other account managers that we work with. We have very talented graphic designers. We've got tech people. So I am very, very grateful for all of you and for the people that aren't represented on this call. I think just to get started, I'll kick it off. And I would love you all to reflect too on your journey at LCG. But I think for the ed tech folk listening and even the educators, because we have a lot of people that are past educators that have moved their career here as well. You can kind of learn from them and, and look at all the different journeys you hear about on this podcast. No one has the same journey, but you can get 
bits and pieces of really cool advice to help you along your specific journey in education. So I, I think just to start out, um, people always ask me why I started LCG. And we use LCG as an acronym of Leone Consulting Group. And I think I was in a similar space from a lot of the, our team members that came in. I put my heart and soul into a brand in education and loved it. Gosh, I, I was that brand. I worked at the Edge, Edutopia, the George Lucas Educational Foundation, and had the pleasure of every day collaborating with educators that were super inspiring. They were writing books, they were doing podcasts, they were doing all of the things. And I was just trying to help them. But I always felt like a slacker. And they were going to school every day and, and dealing with these insurmountable challenges in the classroom. So I did that every day. I had the pleasure of building up the community at Edutopia and all of their social spaces, which it was right before social media kind of exploded. So it was this beautiful, we think about our careers and it, a lot of it is like luck and timing, to be honest. You do have to have some talent and maybe some gumption to say, I'm going to take this on and this really excites me and passion. But I had a lot of luck um, and timing was really good around that. So I was able to help grow their presence exponentially. They are the biggest K-12 education brand in terms of online presence now. And that was an amazing journey. But at the end of it, I just felt like, gosh, I'm really good at talking to teachers, um, innovative Edutopia type of teachers and admins, but I'd love to be able to talk to more stakeholders in education. And we all know in this room, we're all very passionate about education, but the way that you truly move the needle in education is not just working with one stakeholder. You gotta work together, it's gotta be collaborative. So I wanted to do that as a marketer. And then I also wanted to get some proper training. I was very ground up, like grassroots marketer, kind of learned everything on the go. I, I really didn't like marketing in undergrad and said, you know, it, it was all about theory. It didn't feel like real world or practical at all. So I didn't even major in marketing. I got an undergrad degree in small business management. So I wanted to start my own business at that time. I was the president of the entrepreneurship club randomly and then just didn't want to leave school. So got minors in dance, got another like concentration in international business, got a minor in accounting, <laughs> anything I did, I was in there. So I think fast forward to, okay, I really need to go back to school and get some more, maybe I thought I needed more polish. I thought I needed more like technical training as a marketer. And, you know, I think everyone has that in their mind of like, I, I need to be better. I need to have more formal training, especially as educators. We, we take school and more and more and more as much as we can. So I went to Cal Berkeley, go bears and got my MBA. And during that time, I used it as a way to incubate and say, gosh, if I'm going to do my own thing, this would be the window to do it. Because if it didn't work out, you can go back and do whatever you want. But this is my time to innovate and fail and try and start new things. And so I started LCG during this time and said, would I like being a consultant? Can I transform this potentially into something bigger as an agency. And that's what LCG is now. So it was the perfect time. I had a, a safe spot to innovate and try. I had a lot of clients that I worked with um, at Edutopia that were wanting to collaborate with me. So very safe space. And I felt very mission driven. So I started it to make a difference in education and talk to as many stakeholders as possible. But 
I think my biggest learning was I was like, okay, I want to do this to make a bigger impact. But then I start working with this beautiful team of people and learning from them and collaborating. And I am, I hate working alone. I love collaborating. I think social media and community, you can never do that alone. I think it's the antithesis of what that work is about. And my greatest joy has been working with a very smart, talented, passionate team that inspires me. So that's enough about me. I hate talking. I am going to kick it off to maybe one of our team members who can ask a question or share a little bit about themselves and their journey. Okay, so I would love to answer the question of what brought me to LCG. And I have a very simple answer to that, even though I will elaborate. What brought me to LCG, I truly believe at this point was just fate. Ilana and I were meant to find each other. Um, when she was working at Edutopia, I was in sort of a parallel position at Discovery Education, building community there. And my colleague at the time and continues to be my dear friend, Steve Dimbo, said to me one day, Porter, I really think that you should talk to my friend at Edutopia, Ilana. And so we have this half hour phone call one time back in, I don't know, 2015, maybe. And that was sort of it. We hit it off. We talked about community, how passionate we were about teachers. And then the end so it seems. But Ilana and I both left those organizations almost at the same time. And she went and got her MBA. And I, I took off on my two-year journey traveling the country in my RV, seeing national parks. And I started thinking about needing to return to the workforce. And that same friend, Steve Dimbo, ran into Ilana at ISTE. And she said, I have this project that I'm doing working on Pinterest and I'm trying to build my team, get, you know, the right people in place. And Steve said, you should call Porter. And so we had a conversation and Ilana, I'll never forget how you said, I'm working to find the right people to have on my team and we started with just this one project at me being five hours a week and I am so excited that I was the first full-time employee there are now we'll let someone else speak about their journey to being the next full-time employee but I was the first full-time employee I've learned so much I love our collaboration together. I love the clients that we get to work with because they make a lot of impact in our world. And I just believe that it was fate for me to find Ilana and for us to be able to do this work together. Thanks, Porter. I think that you had to remind me that we talked when I was at Edutopia, I remember, because sometimes I was just going 10 million miles a minute when I was at Edutopia. And I remember talking to somebody and I, like, I couldn't connect your name for some reason. And you were like, oh, no, we talked earlier. <laughs> and then I was like, no, that's another den person. It was, it was like Patty or something. And it's just amazing how paths intertwine. And Steve was also in a parallel journey. So, so many people were at brands for 
seven, eight plus years. Also, my friend Katie Tess, who was on our podcast, was in the same boat at ASCD. She ended up leaving at the same time, too. Steve ended up leaving. We're all kind of branching out and trying to figure out what we want to do on our own. But what I appreciate about you on our call when we reconnected, and just I feel like it is a motto of LCG, an unofficial one if we think about it, it's just be comfortable with the uncertain and the unknown. (laughs) And Anna in particular, too. I mean, there's so many times where Anna and I are trying to scope projects that just I don't think have ever been done before (laughs) and trying to figure out how the heck do we do this? And we're still in those situations. But with Porter, when we had that call about Pinterest, at the time, I hadn't been on Pinterest in a couple years. I got a job to do it. I was super interested. And I'm that personality as soon as I get into something, I get super into it. And you're like that Porter too. It's like, I want to learn everything about it. And after that project, we could have spoken at any conference. And I'm not being like... um boastful we just got super nerdy about it that i got mad when people weren't talking about it right (laughs) you know like it it was like all right let's get into something we know nothing about people are hiring us it's not let's fake it till you make it but it's kind of like the world of social and the world of community and everything that we're in so much changes all the time there's no way you can be an expert but what you can do is have that like passion to just really sink your teeth into it and just say okay we don't know but we're gonna figure it out together to be lifelong learners. I think that's a thing that you model. And I think that's a thing that is a core value of Leone Consulting Group is to be a lifelong learner. Well said. Um, I think not to bring in my, my Berkeley core values, but we have these core values at <laughs> MBA school, but it, one of them is always students always. So if you're a student always, helps with so much. You just, you're curious all the time, especially in social when things change all the time. It helps when, like when I'm interviewing people, I always try to test about like initiative. Like, will you go above and beyond what's asked of you? Are you curious? Are you initially just curious about life? Um, That transfers so much. And Anna, I know you don't like speaking, but in terms of uncertainties, I, I reflect on a lot of our times when we're pulling our hair out, trying to really figure out how are we going to even do this project that's being asked of us. (laughs) You want to reflect a little bit about those moments that we're like, oh my God. (laughs) I think that like, um, I think that what gets us through it most of the time is that we believe in like the end result of what we're doing. We believe in the cause. And that's why I switched from the various industries I was working in to zero in and focus on education and educators, um, because I know that like out of any industry in the world, they have the biggest impact on on changing the future for the better, you know, and that's why I chose to to come to Leone Consulting Group so that I could participate in that and support educators and help them on their mission. And I think that like, that's what usually gets me through it when like, I always know that we're going to figure it out. (laughs) Eventually we're going to get there. But um, I think that like, there's just this strong motivation too, that we're working, you know, for the greater good. And it's nice to be um, in this industry, I think, and seeing the change that happens just in the short three years that I've been here. Yeah. And when you reflected to me about your timeline, like I think about timing um, 
when you made that choice, so I worked with Anna at Edutopia briefly. We kind of, I, I mostly was just a little scared of Anna, to be honest, because I walked by her office. She had all these like Gantt charts and like spreadsheets, and she was producing all of Edutopia's Schools at Work series, which is a big video series that goes across the nation and documents what's truly working in schools. Super cool series. I'd check it out if you have some time. But Anna was running like the trains of it all. And I was like, whoa, this lady's intimidating. <laughs> and I heard you came from like agencies in the past and like all this stuff. So we barely talked and we were just so busy. But kind of fast forward, you decided to take a, a year, you know, so you took a year to raise your child, Eva. And you didn't you say you were going to do one year and like you kind of planned it in your head? Yeah. And like everything kind of happened all at once, like the opportunity to take the time off and um, my dog walker quit and my nanny moved out of state and my husband started traveling for work all within five days. Like <laughs> everything just happened to me all at once. And um, it was amazing. It was right before the year before she started kindergarten. So it was like a really important time for us. She kind of got through the terrible threes. <laughs> and so it was like, this beautiful year of reading 50 books in bed while we ate toast every morning and then going to some, you know, book reading at the library or something like that. It was amazing. And then Alana reached out and it was almost a year to the day that I had taken a year off. It was actually this week. It was three years ago this week. Um, and at first I was like hesitant, like, oh, am I ready to give this up? But the timing was so perfect. And I knew that I needed to use, like, there's only so many Gantt charts you can incorporate into your four-year-old's life. And believe me, I tried. <laughs> we had a system. <laughs> but, um, you know, I needed to use that other part of my brain again. And I was so happy that it was towards a cause that I believed in. And it's allowed me to volunteer like eight to 10 hours a week at my daughter's schools and be present um, for that. And then also, you know, be a part of this wonderful organization that's doing things that I really believe in. So for me, it was just like amazing timing. It all just slid into place perfectly. Yeah. And I think you did something that was bold and took time off. Porter did something that was bold and said, hey, I'm going to be in an RV and, and check out all these parks. I did something bold and quit a job that people would think you're crazy to quit and go out on your own in this world of uncertainty. And somehow we all just kind of found each other and now are doing really important work with a great team. And I think that's something to be said about life is that if you don't take risks, there's not really that reward, even though it's super scary. I remember when I took that jump and said, you know, I think I'm gonna transition out. And God, all the advice I got was like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna be homeless. You know, as a consultant, it's horrible. You'll tell people what to do and they won't do any of it. It's really unrewarding work. How do you keep clients? Like, holy moly, all the horrible things people tell you with anxiety. I'm sure Porter, you got it. It was like, what are you gonna do in an RV? <laughs> it's horrible what people do. But I think you all need to just, people listening, trust your gut and go with, what what do you think will give you the most joy? And sometimes to get the most joy, you have to take that risk, that leap that makes you incredibly uncomfortable. And so what if you fail? You know, I started businesses before LCG. I started a couple of businesses. They failed. 
<laughs> I learned a ton, you know, you got to fail. And like, we talk in education all the time about fail forward and all this jargony stuff, but rarely do we actually do it ourselves. So I, I urge you all, if you're ever thinking about doing something, you might want to scaffold it. So you like, if you want to start a side business, do something in parallel to your current job until you get enough traction. And then you might want to take it full time. But that's a big leap. Um, we just had somebody leave LCG who we love. Um, Lily, who was an account manager for a while, and she did that. She had another business for such a long time, and she was always working other gigs. And for us, she was doing social media, which she is great at because she has an educator mind. But she's always had her business of curriculum and course writing and empowering other educators to jump into the world of ed tech. But she did that smart move and said, now I just cannot handle both. So I have enough work. I can go full time immediately. But do what your comfort level is. I am a, probably a little bit more of a risk taker. And it's just in reflection of it all. I can't imagine doing anything else. Like I love being able to work alongside everybody and, and just focus on work that matters and, and nothing else. We get to focus on deep work all of the time and hopefully not a, a ton of meetings. <laughs> and for clients who make, I, I can't say this often enough, clients who make a really big impact on lives. And that's what's super rewarding for me. Yeah. Um, Porter, since you've been here for a little bit, do you want to maybe reflect on like when you came on as a team member, like what the stuff you were doing and how we were all working together to, to where we are now? I mean, the thing that I, I mean, there's a question here that we've talked about. It's like a funny moment. And this is sort of a funny moment to me is we are still wayfinding. We are still finding what we are really best at and how we can best help people. But in the beginning, as far as I'm concerned, I remember one time saying to Ilana, well, if I could ever do the same thing more than once, we would get really good at this because we were just trying lots of different ways of helping different clients because they all needed different things. We've done eBooks and white papers and Pinterest and audits and then community things and then social media management, newsletters, uh, paid ads. You mean all we've thrown the spaghetti at the wall sort of thing. And over the years, what I've watched us do, even though evaluation, of programs. And even though I still feel like we are the people that people come to when they have a special project, because we are willing to say, let me think about how we can help you. And we are the people who will say yes to you. I feel like we've started to hone in on a handful of things, plus some extra things that we're always open to doing and learning new things. But we've gotten to where we do some of the same things more than once. And that's a thing that I have seen evolve over time. So much yeah. so we've brought on Jordan and Ariella, who I would love to hear from them about how they found their way here. Yeah, and if I could just piggyback off of that. Sure. And them. Um, when I first started, even just solo, 
I was saying yes to everything because I just wanted to know what I liked and didn't like. And I think that that's something as you all potentially that might be wayfinding in your own business and product lines, or even as an educator transitioning is you just want to see what you're, what you like doing and what you're good at and what you will like to do over and over again. So I was saying yes to all sorts of things. And I mostly said yes to the people and the products or the impact what I thought the products or services were doing and less on the project itself. Like it was always in marketing, but as soon as you got a relationship with them, it was a spider web of things like, you know, like, Hey, your website's not great. Let me work oh, on yeah, that. The website um, optimization stuff. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, Hey, let's do some landing pages. Let's do some email marketing. Like I would just jump in and revamp everything around it because I really enjoyed the relationship and I knew it would help that company. But then I slowly started realizing, gosh, you know, this isn't scalable at all. It's kind of burnout-y. Um, and, and like you said, Porter, when you told me that, it really hit home because that is true. Like we, I wanted to get better at everything. And, and we would do this monster project and it would be like, okay, we're probably not going to be able to do that replicate again because it's so unique. And I know how a, a lot of agencies work that way where they're like custom projects and they're amazing, but... I don't think it's scalable. And I think all of our mindsets, we just want to tweak and tweak and tweak and get better. And like you said, wayfind. And with our community offerings now and with social, we're constantly wayfinding to try to figure out what's the best offering to make sure that when we're working with education brands, we are helping them become relevant, timely. They're connecting authentically to educators. All of those things, you got to change all the time because all the mediums change all of the time. But the one thing I will say is that when COVID happened in the pandemic and we ended up losing one of our biggest clients, really all at the same time, it put me in like a, a crisis again and trying to figure out what value can we add to ed tech people that are just scrambling. I remember having like three or four business development calls a day with prospects and they were like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I have enough money. What can you help us? We need leads right away. And our offerings didn't do that. And I believe in the long tail game that at, when you are starting ed tech or a business of any sort, it's about the marathon. It's not about the sprint to get one inauthentic lead and that you can put on. But everything that we do, it, it helped me focus in on what do we want to do and what do we don't want to do. And I, it, that COVID helped me with the art of saying no and the art of focusing. So right now I have an email template when people come into me and we try to make the website really be clear on, we do three things really well. Um, talk to us about other things and maybe, but in general, these are our three lines of business. And really it's just two lines with a, with a bonus line for clients is what Porter runs is our community offering. So we build up communities all around the world of education educators, parents, education admins, students, whatever you are in the world of education, we will help brands create communities that are engaged and matter. That's the one big offering that we are still building up. And it is the most rewarding work, Porter. And watching you do that, watching you do that has been, I've learned so much. And sometimes I, I talk and you're like, gosh, good job, Padawan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a real passion for me and I love that we get to do, I really do feel like connecting people is a thing that improves lives and that that's the 
business we wind up being in is helping um, organizations matter to people and doing that by improving their lives. Whether it's our social media work that might be providing, um, you know, a key resource that somebody, a, a professor needs or a teacher needs or a parent needs, like that's improving their lives by seeing them and um, providing information that they need. Plus, you have the community work, too, that connects people to each other. And that's exponentially valuable. Yeah. And it was like honing in on our passions and our expertise even more so and saying, okay, we, we can build communities. We can find ways to scale the process to make sure we're doing work that we know makes a difference. And we know we can inject ourselves and see us significantly help the organization. So on the community side and then on the organic social media management is like, how, how do we do this and help brands? But we're not going to be, I had to say no to all those calls that wanted those leads right away because building an organic social media presence takes time. And if those brands would have said yes to us a year ago, they would be reaping the rewards today. You know, but they're scared because you might have only had like three to six months of runway of cash. It was a scary unknown time. But it helped us wayfind to our passion and, and really refine our offerings to building up social media presence on our organic way of how do we create this pulse of valuable, high quality, timely content that hopefully will create relationships, but not the level of relationships that we can do on the community side when the brand is, is ready to build an online community around their brand offerings. And then the third thing that we do offer that I'm kind of downplaying at the moment is I really want to hone in on those two things is creating content. So Porter talked about some eBooks and all that. That's my passion is content marketing strategy as well. And how do we create content to complement these efforts? You are not just your product. So we do that, um, but only offer that to our current clients. But having that focus has been so freeing for us. And people say, oh, you're going to lose money by doing that. And there's another fallacy. Everyone's told me when I first started, don't just focus on education. So many people told me that. And they said, there's not enough business there. <laughs> and I'm like, there's so much business there if you have the right focus and you're known in the industry and you are good at what you do. And not only are we just focused on one small niche industry, we're focused on just a core offerings, few offerings. And people appreciate that. How many times have we all been on prospect calls that I said, you know, we're probably not right for you right now. Here's what we offer and here's what we don't do. And I'm not going to say we're experts in SEO because we're not. You have to do that every day to do things like that. So anyways, I, I just wanted to piggyback off of what you said, Porter, before we jump over to Jordan and Ariella, and I'd love to hear from you two as being um, newer members of LCG and just your experience so far. Maybe take people on the journey of where you started, what you're doing now. Uh, I could go. Um, well, uh, yeah, I started last April at LCG and I actually started as an intern. And this kind of circles back to that theme of uncertainty because, you know, I was approaching graduation of college and I was so determined, like, oh, I need to be fully employed when I graduate. And I found LCG and I started as an intern here. And I, don't know, I was asking, oh, do you think I could become fully employed? And I was told it's a maybe. And 
I just found that I was in this environment where I got to do what I loved, which is social media. And I was working with people who I love to work with. It was such a collaborative and supportive environment. And I was like, you know, I'm happy here. Like, I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to keep doing what I love to do. And we're going to see what comes of it. And look where we are now. Now I'm fully employed. So everything worked out. And I'm really glad that I stayed. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's so important what you said is that we all have these like, weird things that we put in our head, like this linear path, right? (laughs) I got to do this by this time. I got to do this. But very rarely, like I, I threw that out the door too. When I started LCG is like, I don't, I don't know. I just want to see what, if this feels right, I want to stay. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what I'm hearing you say. And that brings smile to all of our faces because we don't get to hear you say that very much because you're hard at work a lot. And it's, I mean, I don't mean to sound patronizing, but like, it's good that you found it out at your age, because to be honest, I was running on a treadmill for 20 years and then I'd switch industries and run on that treadmill for, you know, five years. And, you know, I was successful and I would climb, but it wasn't ever my intention. I just kept running and running. And it wasn't until I paused And that was, I think, most of my friends weren't saying, you're crazy, you're taking a year off. They were like, thank goodness, she's finally taking a break. And then I could focus and and zero in on what I thought was important. And now it's so much more gratifying to work because I believe so much in what we do. And it's just a very different experience for the last three years. It's like... It was life-changing for me, you know, and we still race and run and work hard, but there's this balance and then this gratification that you get out of what we're doing. And I'm glad that, you know, I think that the younger people now, they realize that sooner and they don't have to wait till they're in their 40s to realize how important it is to make sure you have work-life balance and you're getting, you know, more out of what you're doing. I think it's great. I would add to that, um, that like we've had conversations, Anna and I have of that Jordan and Ariella, y'all are ruined for the rest of your career because you've gotten to work with Ilana. Um, like, I mean, I hope that you just stay here forever and are super happy, but you know, we also think about, you do have a long work life ahead of you and, I'm an old woman now and have worked lots and lots of places. And this is one of the most supportive environments I've and collaborative environments I've ever been in. So I'm sorry that she's ruined your work forever. You'll never be able (laughs) to work anywhere and not think, Oh my gosh, I had such a great uh, CEO and founder. No, I, I thank you, but I think it's it's about the team and the culture too. It's I felt like we were all in similar mindsets. As I want people that are passionate about what we're doing, but also knowing that we are humans, and I want to put us all first. And somebody said work life balance. I think Anna was bringing that up. Is people thought I was crazy, but I said, I'm starting a company to have some work-life balance. (laughs) And they laughed because that's usually like, you know, usually you start a company and you're working 80 hours a week and you're building it up. And sure, there was a lot of sweat equity put into this. There was a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty of what I want to do. How do I fit in this mix of ed tech people and consultants and all of these things. But in the midst of it all, I tried 
to never work more than 45 hours a week. And generally, I never work more than 40 hours a week. And we're all really good. I, I get mad when you all are, I see you working on the weekends or Ariella later. And I don't get mad at you, Ariella, but I see you working later at night. And I'm like, I hope she's taking time for herself in the day. You know, like it's really important that we fuel ourselves and we don't burn out even before all this pandemic. It's, People say agencies are like the, especially when you start out in the beginning of agencies and the junior levels, they will work you and they will grind you. And that's what they're notorious to do. I think that's horrible. <laughs> I think that's absolutely horrible. Well, I guess I can talk a little bit about like where I kind of was when I found LCG. Um, and I kind of, it was like a definitely organic job search after I graduated because I majored in poetry um, and genuinely had no idea what to do next. It was like, um, yeah, sure, I like writing poetry, but do I want to do that for money? I don't know. Um, and I've worked like every job under the sun. I've worked in retail. I've worked in food service. Um, and then I was kind of doing freelance work. Uh, and this opportunity came to me through a freelance client that I've been working with since high school. Because um, education has always been a really big part of my life. All of my family members are teachers. Everyone's involved in like education in some way. I worked in a preschool. I've been babysitting my whole life. Um, so I worked with HyperDocs and I absolutely loved just like ed tech and the ability to work with educators. Um, I'm really passionate about education and equity in learning. Um, so kind of that passion is what brought me to um the, the job application. Um, and then in the interview, it was kind of like, a, we don't really know what we want this job to be yet. So what do you want to do? Um, and I like, it was like, a, we might have you do a podcast, we might have you do like some content marketing. And like, it was the perfect opportunity for me at the time, because I don't know what I want to do. So I really at the beginning of my internship was able to try so many different things. And over time have like, focused myself um, through LCG. So it's been like a really supportive learning environment for me to figure out who I am in a professional environment and like what I want to do in my career um, with people who value mission first, impact, um, work-life balance, like things that I definitely do not take for granted. And I don't think you get at every company, especially at like your first real job. And what do you consider like I think it's interesting because I worked in like animation, visual effects and advertising. And I was always working in a role like a production manager, a department manager, managing the team, making sure they had the resources that they needed. But I would work with producers producing content and they were more involved creatively, but while still paying attention to the budget and the schedule and the management of things, but it was much more creatively involved. And I really see that as the direction that you're going in. And it's exciting to see like the balance that you have and how much you've just done in the last less than a year. It's pretty amazing what you've been able to accomplish. And I, and so I kind of see you as like a producer and I wasn't sure what you see yourself as. I don't really know, to be honest, but I, I, I really do like doing the production and I feel like um, being on the content side of LCG, I am the one who almost gets to do the most reflecting on like LCG and like what we get to talk about and like who we are, um, because that's like literally my main focus of my job. 
So it's, it's really interesting. And I have just like loved learning about it. I'll say that one of my greatest joys is having the opportunity to work with Jordan and Ariella. Um, more than like taking on an intern, which always to me, I'll be honest, feels like extra work because they, an intern is somebody who a lot of times stays for a short period of time. You try to give them things to do, maybe to teach them, but also lessen your load, but then they leave you and y'all haven't left, you've stayed on. So it feels like it was this commitment. And one of my favorite things is when you'll ask, because I help with engagement and there'll be things like in social where there's like, what do we do about this situation? And one of my favorite things is to talk you through the process of, how you know what to do next time. Instead of me just going and doing that work, being able to say, here's my thought process. And I can think of examples with both Jordan just recently and Ariella of being able to say, let's talk through what your reaction to this is. And so there's been great joy in being here for the beginnings of your careers. Well, and one thing I want to add on that is that like it's very agency building on like behalf like on behalf of both the company and like for me personally, like you guys giving the um the guidance of like how to make more how to make more decisions on my own um like, like gives me the ability to do more work for you and like takes takes some pressure off of you guys. Yeah, and that's what I think. I, I talk, I have a, a community of other agency founders and consultants in education. I feel very blessed to be a part of that. All women owned. And we talk about the challenges of creating cultures that are accountability based and how do you move people to have more um, that are empowered to and know what decisions they can make on their own and when it's best to collaborate. I think the nature of what we do is very collaborative. And I always tell you all over communicate because you never know when people will jump in and help you and we have a better product as a result and i hope that you are all seeing this the the newer people on the team too is like what we do isn't magic it's just smart people coming together and dealing with problems that we probably haven't dealt with before so like even in the engagement world i mean ariella you're seeing it now a lot but like how do you deal with this comment like that we recently had someone complain about how they were debited for money um, to a client that we're managing and they now can't pay rent as a result. How do you deal with that? Somebody who's so frustrated that they're getting charged that they, they now can't pay rent. And how do you deal with people that have had like five glasses of wine and are screaming at you or people that are maybe yelling at you around science issues or whatever it may be? How are you as a human able to respond to them and help them, recognize them, see them? Engagement is hard. I like uh, one thing that comes to mind is um, someone who was questioning the business model of one of our clients who wanted to know why something wasn't free and being able to talk through that of how do you how do you communicate with somebody about you know a really deep question 
and and humanize yourself. Like so, like part of the advice was make sure we attach our names to to this this direct message so they know they're dealing with a real person and help humanize the brand itself. I'm constantly like watching the the threads of the conversations that you guys are having. And I'm not involved with um, that part of the business really, but um, I, I always find it interesting the things that get flagged in the conversations and the effort that gets put into every response. Like, I think that's really interesting. And I was even having a conversation with my seven-year-old because she overheard my husband and I talking about trolls. And she's like, why, why are you saying trolls? <laughs> what are you talking about? And we're like, oh, it's like when someone goes online and they say mean things. And she was like, oh, online bullying. Yeah, I've heard about that on um, at school. And like, they've taught us about, you know, how it's not appropriate and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, it's just really interesting that like, you know, children are well aware of, you know, something that I'm still trying to grasp and understand. <laughs> it's a different world for sure. Well, I know we are kind of getting to that time, but I, I do want to kind of round out this episode and bring it back to reflection because it has been five years. Not all of you have been here for five years, but you've come in at various times with LCG. And I think I am the biggest critic of myself and this journey. But one thing that's always stayed true to me is like, I'm not about like growing for the sake of growing so I can like boast numbers about this or that. Like, you know, when Anna and I do planning and forecasting of revenue and stuff, it's, and I, I talk with Jen who helps with HR and ops too on our team, it's, it's not about this linear growth. And I think that was one of the themes for all of us and even our careers. It's about what makes the most sense, what feels right. All the other stuff will come. And we've had it. We've I've been lucky enough to say that we are profitable, we're growing, we're building the team and all of these things. But it's not with the sake of like, hey, we're going to have X amount of clients and we're going to do this. It's about what do we feel like we're doing that works. Um, and is it in, like, are we not pulling, I don't want to ever feel like I'm asking you all to do more than you're able to do, that we're struggling because the workload's too high too. So I guess leading with heart and intention, and I know that sounds touchy-feely, but that's what I've been able to do. And it's worked for us. And I, I just want to know. There's nothing wrong with touchy-feely. Like, that's why I want to work with you. And y'all don't see, you're not seeing us, but the people who are on mute are nodding right now to that is there's nothing wrong with growing a business with love. And no, no industry deserves that loving care more than education and so for you to be leading with that Ilana is as a reflection how it should be and it's like it's also like leading with growth because um you know I was in the military and sometimes when I first started working here you'd ask like well, you know, I'd be like, what do you want me to do? And you'd say, well, what do you want to do? I want to make sure you're doing the things that you want to do. And, and in my mind, I'm like, I want to do what needs to be done. <laughs> but I've learned over the last three years that, you know, 
there are things that I'm not as good at or that someone is just naturally much better at than I am, you know, and, and I shouldn't try and pick up that burden, you know, just because it has to be done. You know what I mean? Cause someone else might actually really enjoy doing it. And so just having you ask that and me realizing the things that I do enjoy, you know, and do well is really nice to, you know, focus on that and then grow and learn more about accounting and, you know, those types of the financial side I've always kind of avoided. I've stuck to resources and timing and managing that type of thing and not diving into the finances usually, even though time and people is money, but I've enjoyed like going into that more with you and you allowing me to help with that side of things. I really liked. I think it, um, it reminds me of if anyone follows Michael Hyatt. So he's a, a big podcaster. He's written books about focusing and he has something called the full focus planner. Um, but he talks about this quadrant of work that you do. And when you're starting a business, you're doing it all, whether you like it or not, you're doing all the things you're good at, you're bad at, cause you have to do it. Right. So when I started, I was doing all the books. I was doing every single thing you could manage. And, but in my mind, I, the way that kept me sane is as soon as we get bigger, I'm going to hire someone to do this. As soon as we get bigger, I'm going to hire someone to do this too. So I knew it was a stopgap solution. But I think it's important when I bring on team members to say, what, what are you actually like doing? Like, where's your passion? And then I can give them feedback and say, here's where I see you shine too. Because that's that part of that quadrant that Michael Hyatt talks about. And maybe we can put it in the show notes, but it's, it's the stuff that you do well that brings you joy that you do well, exceptionally above everyone else. There's stuff that you might do well that you actually don't like doing and doesn't bring you joy. Like I'm good at accounting. Oh my God, I hate it. So I don't want to do it. And, and that doesn't bring the best value to the business as well. And where we're at in the stage of LCG is we're trying to bring on experts that people, anyone that does things well, that also it brings them joy to do so. And then we get more specialized as a team. So that's where I'm hoping to bring the team. So as we round out, um, I'd love to kind of maybe just go around and maybe either talk about like a funny moment or a moment that impacted you or just like something that you remember. Um, and maybe I'll kick it off, but this was a long time moment, but like, I love our collaboration in our times when we're like, I have no idea how we're going to do things. I've had so many moments with you, Anna, where I just pulled out my hair and you calmed me down and it said, we can totally do this. <laughs> and I said, you know, okay, I trust Anna. Um, but Porter, like, even when we're joking about things, when we have things that we're like, I don't know how we're going to fix this. And one of those moments where we were cleaning up a client's Pinterest board. Do you remember that? And we looked through this giant list of Pinterest boards they had. And I just couldn't stop laughing at all the Pinterest boards that were created with like one or two pin in it. It was like Native American stenciling for the 18th century. It was so niche. You're so specific. So specific. Yes. You stole my funny moment. Oh, but being able to laugh <laughs> about things, you know, um, and just not taking ourselves so seriously has just been a real joy, especially when we're dealing with such hard stuff. <laughs> I think, well, this isn't necessarily when I was here, but it's funny to hear you say you thought I was intimidating when we worked together in the past. Um, 
because I felt the same way about you. I remember one meeting going to with you and um, my boss was there and I was like so nervous <laughs> about talking to you. <laughs> Because I'm like, this woman has her stuff together and I've got my hair in my messy, you know, French twist mess um, left over from my military days that I never quite figured out. Um, and I don't know, like, you were not the person that I thought that you were and definitely no one to be afraid of. But you just have this confidence and knowledge. And I think that, you know, I just wanted to make sure I was bringing my A game when I went to talk to you before and then when you reached out to me I was like I don't know you know I got to make sure I don't slip into my old ways I'm kind of like a workaholic and I don't want to go back to that lifestyle again after taking a year off and you said oh this company is made up of um, recovering workaholics is what you said to me <laughs> I guess like, it's not necessarily super funny but um, like it has really impacted me the amount of times I ask a question and the question I get back is I don't know what do you think um, because like I I guess like I do know the answer it's just like not something that I would have thought that I had the I don't know decision making authority um, but I don't know. It's made a really big impact on like how much I take initiative and in, like the, in some of the other things that I do. So thank you for that. I have a moment that would, that kind of impacted me. It was a bit recently. Um, we were in our weekly roundup meeting and I had just had one of my first client calls and I was like, Oh my gosh, I was so awkward in front of the client. And, um, Anna gave me some good advice. She was like, you know, I get nervous talking about myself too, but kind of think of it as if you're presenting about yourself. And I really appreciated getting that advice from her. I love that. Okay, so Ilana just stole like my funny, my funny moment. So I'm gonna answer a different question. And that is what I'm looking forward to. Like, and I think that's and Ilana, you'll help us tidy this up, I'm sure. But in closing, a thing that I'm looking forward into our future and that I'm really excited about is that just recently, we have um, created a foundation, the, the Leone Consulting Group, the LCG Foundation, which is a nonprofit wing of our of our work where we are supporting teachers and other educators and lots of other great things in the future. It, we're at the very beginning of this part of the journey, and I am super stoked about the opportunity not just to continue our for-profit work, um, but also the nonprofit work. Yeah, and it's funny because when I'm telling us all, focus, 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 we're doing these two lines of business and we <laughs> offer some content, and then we get this opportunity um, to form a foundation and to help distribute funds directly in the, in, to teachers themselves when they need it most, we couldn't say no. So we now, as Porter talked about, we have a foundation called the LCG Foundation, and I'm excited to see where this grows. You know, right now we're going to be using it to directly distribute funds to teachers, but 
we've always donated a significant amount of our profits to nonprofits in education. And I'm seeing that there's a, a bigger role for the foundation to play in that. So we are big supporters of the EduColor movement. Um, I was a former board member of the Prison University Project, now known as Mount Tamalpais College. And shout out to them. They just got their final accreditation. So they're the first ever accredited college to be based inside a prison that I was with them with that process. And I never want to go through that again. <laughs> it was a very hard process to get accredited. So all of the thanks and gratitude for the people that did that. But the foundation itself, we want to be able to like Salesforce back in the day inspired me. They got a bunch of companies to say 1% donate 1% of your company's time to volunteering, donate 1% of your company's profit to causes that you care about. And we obviously do way more than 1% because we're not a big Salesforce foundation. Um, but I am excited to see where this shapes up and how it complements our role in working with ed tech and the education brands that we get to work with on the LCG consulting side. So, I think way more to come. Is there anybody that wants to talk a little bit about the future or anything that they're excited about to ramp it up or roll it out? <laughs> it sounds like we're all just smiling. Um, I've loved talking with all of you. I hope that this podcast episode was helpful for, for many of you that are stuck at the helm too in ed tech companies. And it's hard what we're doing either, whether you're an educator in the classroom, which is extremely hard right now, know that there are people on the other side trying to work with brands to always get your viewpoint integrated, to always have them see you, to always have your voice be heard. And then that, that is truly our role in everything we do. We wanna help support you in this arduous time. And it's not gonna get any easier right now. Uh, education is challenging, it's nebulous, it's, it's all of the things and we just, our hearts go out to you and know that there are passionate people that see you. So for us, we just wanna be on that side, know that you, we are here and I, I can't talk anymore. <laughs> Somebody finish me. If you're a teacher, we love you very much. If you are, <laughs> if you're a teacher, we love you very much. If you are in the educational technology space, go love teachers. Yeah. And for those of you that are thinking about starting your own thing or are in the entrepreneur journey or you're working in ed tech startups, know that all of this is hard and reach out to all of us because we might look like we have it all together, but it's, it's just wayfinding and really leading with passion and joy and probably hopefully building a team because that's what gives me joy. But there's some people that in, just like to be one man shows too. So I hope that sharing a little bit about our journey at LCG has inspired you to be more transparent, to really rethink what you're doing as well, and maybe take a risk or two because I don't, none of us would be here without that. So thank you all. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard and want to dive deeper, you can visit leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash podcasts for all show notes, links, and freebies mentioned in each episode. And we always love friends. So please connect with us on Twitter at Leone Group. 
If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and click the subscribe button to be the first one notified when our next episode is released. We'll see you next week on all things marketing and education.